Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, July 19th, 2022. Have you ever felt inadequate when it comes to sharing the gospel? Have you ever had an evangelistic opportunity, uh, but you in that moment feel uh, weakness, fear, maybe even much trembling? Well, guess what? If you have ever felt that way, you've got a lot in common with the Apostle Paul. Think about that for a moment. You might think, well, man, I'm, I'm kind of shy, or sometimes when it comes to evangelism, I get kind of nervous. Uh, you know, the Apostle Paul, look, he's this bold lion. I'm sure he never felt that way. Well, no, that's not true, because the Bible tells us differently. And the Bible is going to remind us that you should be encouraged when it comes to evangelistic opportunities, because the power is not going to come from you, the power comes from God. We're going back to 1 Corinthians today, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And remember, this is a a church that has a lot of issues, a lot of problems, and Paul is writing to them to address those. And problem number one, first up, there's these divisions in the church, and a lot of it he's diagnosing is coming from pride. And he is trying to remind them of how we have nothing without Christ. And so he comes and even just reminds them of how he came uh, to share with them the good news of Jesus Christ. In the beginning of chapter two, it says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Uh, So there you you see, he comes and he's saying, I wasn't this bold lion, uh, you know, with all of this compelling speech and wisdom persuading you of the truth of the gospel. No, I came to you in weakness and in fear and in trembling. But what I resolved, what I decided was I was going to tell you about Jesus Christ and him crucified. And that's that's where the power comes from. The power comes from God through the message of the gospel. And, and so as you think through your own life or especially your evangelistic opportunities, I do think there's a lot of things at play there that, that keep us from evangelizing. One is sometimes just a fear of Man, I think all, oftentimes there can be a pride. Uh, there's a whole long list of things I think that can keep us from evangelism. But one thing that I think does come up is sometimes you feel like, well, I don't know what to say and I don't have the words and I'm not that compelling or persuasive or wise. Well, do you know Jesus Christ? And do you know the message of the cross? Uh, deliver that message and then watch God work. I think it's amazing uh, that many times we, we just step back and we miss the opportunities where if we just stepped out in faith, we would see God do more than we could anticipate. Uh, 
And if we're just faithful to tell people the good news of Jesus Christ, and as he highlights here, him crucified, that he died for your sins so that you might be forgiven, so that you can be saved, so you can be a part of his kingdom, right? God is going to use that. So when it comes to evangelism, don't overthink some of these things. Uh, ask yourself, am I faithful to deliver the message? I, I might have fear and trembling and weakness, but deliver the message of Christ and him crucified and get ready to watch the power of God. Consider Romans where it talks about not being ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. All right. People that do not hear the gospel will not get saved. You must hear the gospel. So the question is, are we going to deliver that message? Even if it is in weakness, in fear, in trembling, right? Still deliver the message and watch God work. Trust in his power. And that's where a lot of things in the Christian life can be counterintuitive, right? We think, oh, I got to be super compelling and persuasive. No, we just got to be faithful. And that gets into the rest of the, the chapter where it just compares the wisdom of the world to the wisdom of God, that there is wisdom that comes in the Christian life, but it is not like the wisdom of the world, um, it says in verse six, yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age and of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. Let that be an encouragement to you. So much of what gets passed around for wisdom in our world today is nothing but foolishness. But be encouraged that that foolishness and those who advocate that foolishness are going to pass away. But we have a wisdom from God that was decreed before the ages. We have an eternal wisdom that comes through God, right? Because in the moment, the crucifixion of Christ may not have seemed wise, uh, but God has has used it, right? Uh, he has revealed these things in his wisdom. There's that very interesting phrase in verse eight, that if the rulers of this world had understood the wisdom of God, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. God has a wisdom that is so much and so far above our wisdom. And through the Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, as we see in the rest of the chapter, we have access to this wisdom. We have access to a wisdom that is not of this world. So that's where we need to, as Christians, get less of a dependence on our own wisdom, less of a dependence on the world's wisdom, and more of a dependence on God and His wisdom wisdom. And that's where I think one of the best ways to do that, to lean more and more on God's wisdom, is to get into God's word and trust what it says, even when it conflicts with what the world says, even with when it conflicts with uh, what you might think or what you might feel or even what makes sense to you. Uh, because I, I'm going to trust God does things that they might not make sense to me, but they will eventually that they are the best. Exhibit A being the cross. In, in the moment, that would probably not have made sense to you. But look at what God has done with it. So let's trust God, not ourselves. And so we can show that in evangelism by I'm going to declare Christ and him crucified, even when I don't feel like the perfect messenger. But also I'm going to trust his wisdom as opposed to to my own. Now, as we go to the Old Testament today, we're going to see something very interesting. We're going to see the Bible encourage people 
to get drunk. Whoa. Did, you're saying, wait, did I hear that right? Did Pastor, I know Pastor Ben sometimes, you know, he might accidentally say something on this podcast and there's no congregation to kind of gasp and say, oh, I don't think you really meant to say that. So maybe he just said that by accident. No, you're going to see a verse that encourages people to get drunk. Now, you're scratching your head because you're maybe thinking of Ephesians 5 or other passages that remind us, no, drunkenness is not something that God's people uh, should experience. And so it is not talking about a literal, physical intoxication. But there are a couple times in Scripture where we see the concept of drunkenness or intoxication spoken of in a good way, and it's actually talking about physical intimacy within marriage. And so today we read the first half of the book of Song of Solomon. And Song of Solomon can be an, uh, it's certainly a very interesting book. It can be a debated book. There's lots of discussion about, well, who actually did write this and how many characters are involved here. And is is it really talking about Solomon or not? Or what, one of the bigger questions is, is this a song about love and marriage? Or is this a song, as the Jews would interpret it, about God's love for Israel? Or as many have throughout the centuries, talking about Christ's love for for the church. What's going on here? And I think if you read it and take it at face value, the best way to understand it, it is a song celebrating marriage, love, romance, and even the physical intimacy and the sexual union that comes within marriage. Um, and it, it, that, that should make sense to us because if you read the whole Bible, you should notice that one of the most prominent sins from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible is the sin of sexual immorality. So if the Bible speaks so much about sex when it is out of place, wouldn't it make sense for the Bible to praise sex where it is in its rightful place? And that's something that we need to make sure we get straight in our minds. With so much sexual immorality in our world, we need to remember the, the Bible never says anything negative about sex itself. This is something that God designed for this union of marriage. It is a good thing. It is a beautiful thing. And marriage and love and intimacy, and even though those things can, you know, get uh, twisted and, and made all about us and, you know, turned into these Hollywood movies that aren't an accurate uh, depiction of what love and romance should really even be like, right? There is a right place for those things. There's so many ways the world gets all of those things wrong, but God has designed a way for it to be right. And I believe in this book of the Song of Solomon, we do get a picture of what it should look like look like when it is right. And when it comes to Christ in the church, well, we know that marriage is a picture of Christ in the church. So is there anything you can take from this and kind of understand Christ's love for the church? I think there is because marriage points us towards that, but I don't think that is the core meaning of this book. And so as you read, you're going to read today, especially what seems like the, the courtship and the anticipation of a wedding. And then as you get into uh, the end of chapter three, you know, even in the ESV, it has the heading Solomon arrives for the wedding and then he praises his wife. And then at the end of chapter four and the beginning of chapter five, it really seems, hey, this marriage is being consummated and it ends with that exhortation there in the first verse of chapter five, eat friends 
friends drink and be drunk with love. And you'll see when we get to Proverbs chapter five, that's an exhortation to the son. Hey, don't uh, don't get involved in sexually immoral relationships. Don't commit adultery. Hey, son, be satisfied by your own wife. Be intoxicated. Uh, you know, it even talks about with with the love of your own wife. Don't get intoxicated with the love of somebody else. So if you are reading this, and especially if you are married today, uh, take this and remember God's design for your marriage is one where there should be intimacy. Uh, there should be a relational intimacy, even you know a sense of a romantic intimacy, a physical intimacy. And, and let this be a reminder to you to uh, pursue your spouse and, and to do what it takes to to love them and to care for them and to show them that you love them and to do something maybe even romantic for them. Let Song of Solomon uh, encourage you to do that as we see, no, the love of marriage is a good thing. It is a beautiful thing. And if you are married, you should cherish that and let this psalm remind you of how beautiful this is and and honestly be open to needing to repent uh, if you're convicted, well, hey, my, my marriage doesn't feel like this. The first place I would encourage you to look is in, in the mirror. God, am I not doing what, what you would want me to do as a husband or a wife to really pursue my spouse and to make this marriage the, the, just the kind of picture that we see here in the Song of Solomon? Again, there's so much wisdom of the world out there when it comes to love and relationships and romance, uh, but what we need is the wisdom of God. And I think we get a little glimpse of that in the Song of Solomon today. So let's not lean on our own understanding. Let's pursue God. Let's pursue His wisdom. And let's seek to share the gospel and see the power of God at work in our world. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.